everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. Yes, that was some serious, serious hype because we're not just in car launch season anymore. We've actually got some F1 news about the 2022 kind of schedule, I suppose, and talking about the F1 sprint. Now, this is something that has very much divided fans worldwide, uh, or at least that's the impression you get from Twitter. And uh, we have some news about it, so we will be diving into that. But firstly, of course, Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder and lead rock guitarist, as we can see <laughs> in the background. Um, Hello. I'm still waiting for that to get plugged in and you properly riff a tune. That's what it's called, isn't it, when you you riff. Anyway, good. And uh, Katie, the WTF1 author. I, there's nothing really to go on in your backdrop that I haven't already. Nice clock, is that? <laughs> is that uh, is that telling the time? Can't really see the hands. <laughs> and neither will the yeah. Neither will the video. Fu- funny story. My clock in the in the kitchen. I still haven't changed from because I'm like it will go back eventually. <laughs> oh wow! It actually changes like next <laughs> week or something. So <laughs> is it? Oh, perfect. There you go. Then I think so it's quite I've soon. Literally just left it and I've been like, oh, it's an hour less than that. An hour more. Anyway, cool. Uh, let's go back to Formula One, shall we? Uh, but first, let's talk about Team WTF One. We are actually going to be releasing our race podcast early. Team WTF1 this year, as we're doing it live, just like we did. I say actually that we haven't done this, we did this last year, but we do it live essentially. We do every single race podcast live uh, for our Team WTF1 members. Uh, you also get a merchandise discount. Uh, I'm doing a gaming thing as well, which is very exciting. I've just finished the plans for it, where it's going to be like a big old lobby on F1 2021, where you'll be able to win some amazing prizes. And uh, it's going to be live streamed on WTF1 channel as well. And it'll be like a monthly thing. That's basically the plan. It may change, but that's the plan. Um, You also get access to our Discord server, the WTF1 Clubhouse event at Silverstone. We can come camp with us and have a great weekend and lots, lots more. So to with the author. Party with the author. That's literally what everything, you know, that's what people did. Uh, although I'm not sure about this year, actually, Katie. Will you have your own VIP area? Probably. Uh, yeah. I'll be on a throne in the corner. <laughs> Five pound an autograph. Yeah, yeah. There you go. A little photo booth as well, or something. Right. Uh, back to F1 sprints. And so the changes. Let's let's break it down for you. So of course, actually, I believe Formula One have listened to our podcast. Just saying. Because yeah. I am pretty sure I suggested something very similar, but a little bit further away. I said 864321 for points, whereas the top six that got points. Instead, we have the top eight scoring points, eight for first, all the way down to one for eighth. So I think that is a decent step forward, in my opinion. And uh, Team WTF1 member Marcus says, will this points format reward overtaking? It's still only one point gain per position in the top eight. Yes, I think it will, because the midfield scrap over every single point on to, to play for. I think maybe for first, second and third, maybe if it's, again, Mercedes, Red Bull being those front teams, I'd, I'm not sure they'll risk it as much. But, you know, if you look back to the sprint races, I don't think many people like sort of left it kind of calm and composed and didn't really want to overtake. It was more just the fact that they couldn't overtake because there was no real difference in strategy or tyres or anything like that, that it was very much like the first part of a normal race, but then you don't get the, the pit stops. So I think for me, you know, you've got the new cars. Hopefully they'll be able to overtake easier. I keep saying that in every single podcast that we've ever done uh, for the 2022 cars. Uh, so I think we could be in for a serious banger, but there you go. Watch it be the three worst races of the season. Yeah, I mean, we'll go into it later, but they haven't exactly picked 
in my opinion, the best circuits for it. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that by having the top eight rewarded by points, obviously points mean prizes in terms of prize money and things like that. Um, and I'm hoping that with this system in place that maybe we will see some other teams that might not have necessarily been able to pick up many points in 2021 um, get some additional points this year. But the thing is with the sprint is I'm, I'm happy F1 are trying new things and all that kind of stuff. And obviously Brazil last year with Hamilton going from 20th to fifth in the space of, you know, the hundred uh, kilometer race, it left a great impression on us as like the final sprint we saw of the season. You've got to remember in um, Silverstone and in Monza, there was literally minimal overtaking. I think in Monza, the person that made up the most positions in the whole sprint was Nikita Mazepin because he made two places or something. And that was mainly because Pierre Gasly managed to go off the track and lose his front wing and completely ruin his race. So <laughs> it sounds great. And, you know, it could just be a case though of more of the front runners collecting more points. Um, but at least hopefully it'll encourage a bit more of overtaking and trying to fight for points if they can see that the top eight will get them rather than just the top three that are going to run away with it wow i think, I think the positivity is oozing out of you, <laughs> it really is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'll run away with it yeah bore off 2023 it's still only one point like uh like marcus has said here like gap because i don't buy the whole thing of our oh, people won't overtake because of the point system at the end of the day if you put a racing driver in a car that's faster behind they're going to overtake regardless of you know um sorry uh to trigger people but nicholas latifi and mick schumacher in abu dhabi is a good example racing over 16th with a lap to go uh and obviously it ended up having huge consequences but five laps to go, um, actually, but no five laps to go sorry yeah um but yeah it shows that you know, racing drivers will race no matter what. You stick, you know, if you've got a chance to overtake, you're going to overtake. The only thing I can think of where that wasn't the case was uh, Max Verstappen maybe uh, backed off a little bit uh, on Bottas in the sprint into Lagos. And at the end of the day, he's going for a championship. What's the point risking an extra one point? But early in the season, I don't think it matters too much. I guess... You know, if you change the point system where maybe it was the old school one where it's 10 and 8, would they go for a move for an extra two points? It's, it's minimal anyway. So um, I think we'll go into this, what we like and don't like about the sprint later, but uh, <laughs> I don't think it's a case of they don't want to overtake. I think it's just the way the system is where the fast cars qualify well and then are at the front anyway, and there's no variable in pit stops and stuff. said it so many times. That's why we don't get much overtaking. I don't think it's anything down to the drivers and going, oh, I don't want to risk an extra point because if they've got a faster car and they can make a move, they're going to make a move. So, yeah, it's just part and parcel of the, the cars as well. You know, it's, it's difficult to overtake as we've seen many times. And that's just what really happens in, in, in what did happen in the sprint races. So, um, fingers crossed, as I say, with the just new cars. Pray these new cars yeah. are better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we, we will most likely see. Um, more overtakes, fingers crossed, more than at least um, what happened in some of the sprint races. Um, what have we got now? Pole position. Yes. So that is something that Ross Braun, was it Ross Braun that was spoken to about, you know, oh, why don't you give pole position for the Friday? And he went, oh, 
Oh, that's a good idea, Just actually. Another, <laughs> another thing we did in, yeah, said in the podcast that should happen that's yeah. happened again. Look, so definitely. We're, we're, we are by fans for yeah. fans, aren't we? Hi, we're, Ross. We really Hi, Ross. <laughs> yeah, how's it going, Ross? Good to, good to see you. Uh, it was great to meet you in WH Smith that time, back when I was 17. Uh, clearly, you know, I've, been, I've instilled a love. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, so poll position uh, is going to be given for the Friday poll rather than the winner of the sprint race because that makes perfect sense. Um, so that's good, although we do have a year of anomaly uh, now in the record books. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a good thing. It's a, it's a small thing, but it's it's nice for the uh, the stats, definitely. Uh, Danny Page says, why is the pole position awarded to the person not starting on pole? I mean... It makes sense though. I don't, yeah. I saw loads of people <laughs> saying this online. Like, in my opinion, this is the better method because you should be rewarded a pole position for a really good for qualifying lap, qualifying, not a race. Yeah. And, no and, and yes, oh, technically, it's not pole position because pole position is starting on the pole position for the race. Hello, Twitter. F1 Twitter, but, is that you? <laughs> yeah, but it just makes, to me, it just makes sense. So, like, they've yeah. changed it. And for me, it's for the better. So I'm not going to complain about it because, you know, I'm thinking back to, I think Katie did an opinion piece on it. You know, Lewis Hamilton's uh, lap at Silverstone, uh, brilliant lap, didn't count as pole position. Uh, Max overtook him in the race, uh, race sprint, sorry. And Max gets the pole equally. My, my only concern is what I wish they'd done is uh, while they announced this rule, uh, also announce that if you have a penalty, it still counts as pole because for me that's daft anyway. Like you get pole position even if you've got a five place grid drop because your gearbox Thank is you, broke. Shumi Monaco. Exactly. It still should be pole position. Yeah, that, I completely like, agree. They with should you. they should have done that as well. That would have been the perfect scenario. But I'm not going to complain about uh, what they've done with this pole position because to me it makes a lot more sense to do it that way. Yeah, and I think you know you see the. Qualify, Friday is qualifying, Saturday is a sprint race, and Sunday is the main race. I think calling it sprint qualifying is only more confusing for anybody for everybody watching than if you just call it a sprint race, in my opinion. So because that's what it is. They've actually they've changed the name of it now. It's just sprint. Just it's sprint. not sprint quality, it's not sprint race, it's just sprint. <laughs> So <laughs> let's make it let's make it more just make it more vague. That's fine. Then yeah, yeah exactly. Just mysterious and yes, that kind of stuff. But yeah, this is one thing that I'm glad they listen to the fans on. I know that it split a lot of opinion because it depends on how you view poll. Is it the person that goes quickest in a qualifying format? Which for me is how I would assume poll is taken, the fastest person on track at that one point. But then you can also argue. Um, it's the person that starts the race in first position. So I can see why there is split. Um, but yeah, I'm much in favour of this one because it is, to me, annoying looking at the anomaly of last year, like Tommy mentioned with Max Verstappen getting pole for Silverstone. You know, Red Bull were like rinsing on the thing that they were like, Max Verstappen has got like seven consecutive pole positions now. And it's like, well, actually, that's not technically true because Hamilton, I would argue, had the pole in Silverstone. But um I mean, Red Bull are obviously going to take advantage of any kind of stat that they can. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, this was one that I'm glad has been changed. But as people pointed out to me, there are bigger things to talk about than just who gets the title of pole position. Um, I don't know if we're going to mention the fact that Abu Dhabi was almost just like, we haven't got an update. Next thing. And then talk about all this stuff with Sprint. But um, 
at least you know well, they, they've shown that, bomb, that they have you? listened to. You've deviated <laughs> there slightly uh, and just well, gone straight. Just a, tad. Yeah, just a tiny bit. Halfway um, through F1 sprint, no, it's fine. We can talk about yeah, Abu Dhabi um, and the fact there's no news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very no very quick summary. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Well, we, I guess for people um, yeah. wondering, isn't it that you know that we were supposed to get? Well, we were told we'd get some news. Uh, from the investigation into the Abu Dhabi finale uh, from last year. Um, and uh, we didn't get that, but we got F1 sprint news. Um, so, but they said in the coming days, <laughs> didn't they? So in the coming days, we will see a report to the, re- the report into the review of the FIA looking into the FIA. Just I'm wrong. really looking forward to reading that. We've investigated ourselves and seen no wrongdoing. That's, uh, it just reminds that's me of the... Um, the the meme with the guy from porn stars that's like um best i can do is some f1 sprint news like we, re- <laughs> we really want to hear about abu dhabi best i can do is f1 sprint news <laughs> yeah, uh but yeah it, it was kind of obvious i mean i know like sky were like camped outside mercedes waiting for this big thing like it was going to be this major news story and it was like no nothing really okay cool uh but that's no surprise really is it I wasn't surprised at all that they they didn't really, they're not going to announce much. And I mean, at the end of the day, whatever the findings are, the FA are not going to roast themselves, uh, even if yeah, they did it wrong. Like, Michael Massey went rogue and he did this <laughs> just for his own. Yeah, you got paid by Netflix. Like, there's, I don't think it's going to be any juicy news like that, unfortunately. No. But, um, I, mean, I wonder is, how much we're actually going to see, you know. Yeah. Oh, not a lot. It will just think, be a generic yeah. statement. Michael Massey will get relocated into safety officer or something. And then that'll be yeah. that, you know. Um, I think that's not be... sure I'd put him in safety officer after the things he did last year, but hey, you know, it's fine. Um, but you know, he will get, I'm sure, re- relocated into some different role. But then we don't yeah. actually know who would then take because there's obviously an opportunity that he would just split the role with someone else and then would have two people involved, which in some regards, you know, you think, okay, less pressure on him, but also you then go, right, so who is actually in charge? Both of them, neither of them, one of them. Then there's going to be communication. I don't know. We'll see. There's, I think whatever it <laughs> and is. Then will we, and then who will we have to complain about? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Whatever. The one thing with Massey. The yeah. The one thing with Massey that I will say, obviously he did a lot of wrong, uh, in my opinion, during his time as race director. But like you say, who's going to replace him? Because whoever replaces him is going to be in exactly the same place as Massey was, where he, they're going to have Brandy, limited yeah. amount of experience in that role. And it could be that we just get a Massey 2.0 situation. At least, you know, I've been Not very Massey critical of Michael 2.0. Massey. <laughs> well, I've been very critical of him on this podcast. I know I have. But you've got to admit that he's probably the person out there at the moment that has the most experience in that role. And whether it's a case of keeping him in that role and just supporting him more, um, but to be honest, I think if they get rid of him, like I said, we're just going to be going around in circles because you could move Scott yeah. Elkins from Formula E and Extreme E that he does, but they're already starting their brand new season. So that's going to massively disrupt their situation. And even then, like, I just, I, I don't know. I just think it would be a weird move to move him just for somebody with even less experience. But it's mad, isn't it? That grass is always greener kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you know could be even worse having yeah it's yeah it all just shows that really messed themselves up or the fia sorry not f1 but yeah i've really dug themselves a deep hole (laughs) i just just love how there's like you know who's better for the job oh wait there's one job 
and that person's in it and they have the most experience. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. will he just be there forever now because he's the most experienced? It's Yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting one. But I think, yeah, I mean, at least the structure behind the FIA needs uh, tweaking, definitely, from what we saw last year. Right. Watching Netflix without using ExpressVPN is like paying for a gym membership but only being able to use the treadmill. Netflix has different content available to users depending on where you're located. Netflix has tens of thousands of shows, but you only get access to a fraction of what they offer. ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want Netflix to think you're located. They have almost 100 different server locations, so you can gain access to thousands of new shows. For example, you can head over to the Canadian Netflix and watch Inception. So why choose ExpressVPN over other VPNs? Well, it has blazing fast speeds, it's compatible with all your devices, and it encrypts your data. So be smart, stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com WTF1. Don't forget to use the link expressvpn.com WTF1 to get an extra three months free of ExpressVPN. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that isn't true. Therapy is a tool to utilise before things get worse, and it can help you avoid those lows. Many people think therapy is for so-called crazy people, but therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you recognise that all humans have emotions and we need to learn to control them, not avoid them. BetterHelp is customised online therapy that offers video, phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and WTF1 listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash WTF1. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash WTF1. Back to F1 Sprint. Um, the tracks, as Katie hinted at, maybe not happy with some of them, uh, are Imola, Austria and Brazil. Team WTF1 member R Dun Zero asks, why pick Imola as a sprint race track? It's a fair point. Quite. <laughs> it's a fair point. Um, I don't think we're going to see a particularly exciting race at Imola, in my opinion. Very difficult to overtake unless we get some rain, in which case, spicy. Um, Hello. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's difficult because then you think, right, are we going to do sprint races at tracks that are difficult to overtake because then we might get a shuffle up and then it'd be exciting because, you know, you see the likes of maybe Monza where the McLarens are winning and you don't expect them to win. And then you have this, this tense race where you don't actually get much overtaking, but you have a jumbled up order because something crazy has happened. Or do you go for tracks where it's really easy to overtake and you just get ridiculous amounts like Brazil, for example. So I guess it's a bit of a toss up really. And of course I'm sure there are logistics around it as well, that they've decided that Imola, Austria and Brazil are the ones, but I'm I'm not too fussed really where we go for uh, for sprint races as long as it wasn't Monaco really. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, Imola. I love Imola as a circuit, but I think it's really not very suitable for sprint racing. But just looking at the the calendar for 2022, um, obviously they're going to want somewhere early on in the season where everybody has appetite and stuff like that. Bahrain first race of the season probably not going to be very sensible. Saudi Arabia 
just a big no. I don't think they'll be doing it mainly on street circuits because that's really a bit much. Australia, I don't think was a bad shout. They've had so many track improvements to encourage overtaking that why not give them a chance? You know, we've seen how keen the Australian fans are to have the racing back there. We haven't been there since the pandemic hit. So I would have probably picked Australia over Imola. Um, but yeah, like you say, as long as it's not Monaco, that would really be uh, a bad choice. And on to Tommy, <laughs> who would argue it's great. Monaco, no, Monaco, Monaco. No. It's an interesting, it's an interesting point you make actually, Matt, about the about Imola, because yeah, maybe, maybe they've thrown that in as a bit of a curveball, because I because I think we can all agree that no matter what cars you've got there, you know, even Formula Three and like from like F2 and stuff, like so hard to overtake there. Uh and yes, these cars have promised so much, but they're still very fast, very big, very wide. And, and Imola is very tight and very like, you know, it's going to be a difficult, difficult one. But maybe, yeah, it's more trialing a track that's a bit more punishing. So, you know, I know it was raining, but for example, Hamilton went off, didn't he? And uh, it's punished mistakes. Uh, Schumacher went off. Uh, other drivers have made mistakes at Imola. Uh, and crashed and stuff so uh and then you get like you say the jeopardy of say that's a, a big name like a verstappen or a leclerc or a hamilton they're back in the pack and it makes it exciting because at the end of the day let's be honest uh the sprint uh, in in brazil was the best one but it was all because of lewis hamilton starting but which all goes back to reverse grids but yeah um imola's an interesting one uh I think it's they're gonna just have to rely on, yeah, maybe mistakes or it, it raining. Yeah, keen for it, uh, and and also we don't know really how the twenty twenty two cars are going to handle in terms of, you know, are we going to see a, a fluctuation between qualifying and race performances as well? So we could see teams that are decent in qualifying but not so great in the race, and that could then give them opportunities to create that jeopardy. Uh, in in tracks like Imola, so we'll they, see. They can't see either, can they? Because of the new no, wheel, yeah. wheel covers. So, so uh, sorry, racing blind. Wheel, yeah, so yeah. that's the jeopardy. So they put a really difficult track like Imola. They can't see. Um, <laughs> to turn and the light for off. chaos. There you go. <laughs> uh, right. Next up uh, at thirty-two. Do you agree with the tracks they've chosen? And if not, which other ones would you have chosen? Of course, KT has hinted at Australia. I think I am very much on that uh, Australia bandwagon. Um, because I think that that track looks a lot better from how they've redesigned it. There's a lot more fast sweeping corners. Um, what else would I have gone for? I think, you know, Spa is always uh, a great track that you could have some awesome sprint racing at, I think. Um, especially, you know, you have that massively long straight after Radion. And, um, and, you know, and, and we see, you know, we see some, you know, ridiculous slipstreaming moments on lap one there that, you know, we had two, two of the four, was it Force Indians or Racing Points at the time? I can't remember. Were they Force India or Racing Point? They you were when they just were Racing Point, point I think. Literally just, oh, yeah, it was that race, race wasn't it? Um, so, yeah, it was Racing Point. And the, the, an amazing picture of both of them fighting for the lead between, was it Vettel and Hamilton with the other two? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I actually, I remember going to, um, racing point now Aston Martin's uh, HQ and they had that picture there yeah it looks so awesome uh, but it's things like that where you know you think right could a car that starts fourth or fifth get into the lead from something ridiculous happening in the first few laps I think Spa's definitely up there um 
Saudi. Brazil is <laughs> Brazil was a great shout. What did you say? Saudi. Saudi chaos, and yeah, then yeah, Saudi that chaos. that would that would throw a spanner in the works, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think I agreed to have Brazil because Brazil worked. Mm-hmm. I think Spa would be a great shout, and look, I'm interested to see if Imola manages to to deliver in a in a, on a difficult track. In a in an ideal world, and it would never happen, but I'd want to see like a sprint at a different track so they can't set up for it. So you get like a bit of variety. So they do the sprint in Bahrain and then they use that Bahrain short for like a a, a sprint race on the on the Bahrain outer or something. Uh and then yeah, they use, I don't know, Silverstone National for for the one at Silverstone or whatever. So that'd be cool. I'd like that. But again, this is like logistics cool, yeah. logistics and fan placement of grandstands and stuff it would be absolute chaos uh logistic wise <laughs> but in my uh yeah little, little head just it makes it would be cool in but your dreams in my dreams but yeah it's it's all just it all just comes down to the format for me <laughs> i don't, don't think it matters where they go <laughs> No, imagine though if you you were like on the bar right now, and you're like, I've got tickets for the sprint. It's going to be great, and you see that. And then when it comes to Grand Prix Day, you're like, you're at a corner, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> waiting for the oh, bless. Um, but I like the idea though of having almost like the sprint on like a joker layout kind of thing of not on the normal track, and they wouldn't be able to get data for it for the race and things like that. But um, like you say, oh, actually, it'd be good it to be fair work. if we did it a poor card. And they didn't know yeah. which layout they were going to go round until they actually went round. And then that's like, very oh. formulary. That is with. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say that sounds yeah. just like because <laughs> then they do then they do a thing where they don't tell you how many attack modes is going to be in the race, yeah. so you can't plan strategy. Imagine if they just yeah they don't even tell you what the circuit's yeah. going to be. Like, suddenly go left or suddenly go right. Oh my god, that would be wild. <laughs> As it's live, that would be bad. Yeah, yeah. Michael Massey's <laughs> like. Uh, next next lap, uh, we go left at this chicane instead of right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah cause, I mean, there's like 150 different layouts, isn't there, at, uh, at Paul Ricard. So, um, yeah, we could have a very interesting race. Uh, right, next start, Mega versus Primus. Why do you think the FIA wants sprint races to go ahead so badly? Um, that's not It's not the FIA. Money, money, money. Such, it's, for, it's Formula One in general, obviously. want. And I think we've said, we've said it before about sprint races that, you know, they want to give more action over a Friday, Saturday and a Sunday. And, you know, we were actually experienced the sprint race, didn't we, uh, last year at Silverstone. Um, and there certainly was more action. Um, but I think at the same time, there was a lot of people forgetting that qualifying was on uh, Friday and, and they, sorry, uh, not, not, was it, what was it actually technically called anyway, but you, th- there was a lot of confusion at the same time. So I, I don't know how much um, benefit and loss Formula One got only they know, but, I think generally speaking for fans going to the races, there certainly was more going on and Friday was a lot busier than we've seen. Um, But then I guess on the flip side, maybe they lost a a bit more viewers. I don't know, but uh, they want it for money. Yeah. As to sum it up really. Yeah. I mean, it does make Grand Prix tickets a bit more valuable if you know that if you get a ticket for a Friday, for example, if you can't make the weekend, if you work weekends, you can go the Friday and you know you're not just going to see cars tootling around in practice. You're going to be able to watch a qualifying session. So um, in that case, it might encourage more ticket sales for that day. And that I think Tommy's mentioned it before. I think he hit the nail on the head when we were talking about sprint races last year in the, um, you know, if what was the example? Was it MotoGP you used the example of, Tommy? Oh, well, and like, like, you if you're a casual fan, you don't watch or, the qualifying. Yeah. yeah. 
but you tune in for both races right yeah exactly so um I suppose it's quite a smart idea from from Formula One but my only thing is that I actually hope either it stays as a long-term thing because if it doesn't then it is going to be a case of looking back and just having like this anomaly of just some random sprint races and the points awarded for that and things like so I don't know it's a difficult one because I'm like properly on the fence as with everything I'm all for f1 trialing new things but then I also don't like the fact that the traditional race weekend and how points are awarded and polars awarded and stuff has just completely been like thrown out the window almost okay so Katie for the Formula One's benefit you're gonna have to choose a side because they can't fit both sides unfortunately for you Katie so okay, which one are you well, gonna go for on Formula One's benefit I'll go with sprint races are good but what about for your benefit how about you do it for you not for Formula One um <laughs> You're like, I will keep it the same. Final thoughts. I keep it the same. I wouldn't ever have a sprint race if I was in charge. Fair enough. I would. I I like I like them. I just wish the (laughs) format was different. Would. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. For all the for all the complaining uh, about it, for me, it's it's one of those things where, and we see this a lot with stuff where you you post something about the sprint. Loads of people uh, say they don't like it. Oh, real F1 fans don't like this and all this kind of stuff. Um, And then you actually do a poll of like, do you like the sprint or not? And it comes out like 60-40 in favor of it and things like that. So for me, I I don't like the format in the fact that it's essentially, I'd tweak it more so there's more jeopardy. I think I'm still on... uh, I think the perfect solution is what Lando suggested in Monza where you have a hyper soft tire and it's so close to the limit at the end of that race that you actually get a bit of tire wear and you have to do something because without the variable of pit stops and things like that, it can be a bit stale, but why not? Why not have, you know, you're traveling all over the world and why not have more racing at the end of the day? Like as F1 fans who want more racing, and, you know, this could be a solution where we get more racing, but then it's easier on the teams because at the end of the day, they're there anyway. If F1 want to have 30, 40 races, just double up them while you've traveled to the other side of the world and you're there and you've got the cars and you're ready to race them. So uh, I'm not against it. Other series have done it. IndyCar is a great example. They do double headers. And I don't think, I don't think twice about it. And I'm sure, yes, there are a lot of old school indie fans that, uh can you can like look too much into it being traditions and all this kind of stuff but at the end of the day if you never changed anything based on tradition we'd be still driving around uh silverstone airport with uh hay bales around so f1 evolves and changes and i'd like uh, if they got sprint nailed and like a nice format i'm all for it i i'd like to see more racing and less practice yes please sign me up Shock. It's all about <laughs> no, it's all about less practice for you, isn't it? Uh, I for me personally, I think that three is a good amount. I was a little bit skeptical seeing more sprint races coming in because of the the side of me that loves just Formula One for what it is: Friday practice, Saturday qualifying, Sunday race. Uh, but I think you know if they want to spice it up occasionally, I think three is a good number. 
they could maybe ramp it up to five if the format works really well and there's lots better better racing uh, in terms of the the new regulations of cars Um, i wouldn't want to see a sprint race every single race weekend no way uh, because that that isn't formula one the the original formula one for me maybe that's because i'm a boomer but uh, yeah, I, I, would you have that, Tommy? Would you have a sprint race every single race weekend? Yeah, why not? You're a disgrace. Right, get off the podcast. What, but, right. but you say traditional, like what is traditional F1? Because you used to have qualifying on a Friday. Oh, well, here like, we go. The, he's, like, he's it's all changed. Years now. It's all, it's all changed. Years. It changes. Like everyone moaned when uh, the new qualifying format came in, and then everyone just loves it because that's what they grew up with. Like, just like why not make it more interesting? <laughs> I don't. I don't, literally don't understand hey, why, look, why I said but tradition race it's just not every single race we can let us know in the comment section below where you stand on this do you agree with tommy do you agree with myself do you agree with katie do you agree with some of us but no, little bits you know maybe you agree with a little bit of all of us and you create the perfect solution and fix formula one what are we going to say tommy ross Braun does listen to the podcast apparently <laughs> it is a I might read it yeah it is a tough one because after silverstone i was absolutely buzzing and we were it was very different that we got to experience silverstone at at the race so we got we got both we got the best of both to like and a hundred percent from a fan perspective silverstone was awesome like you know you you're there on the friday you had this really cool event in qualifying and it felt exciting rather than it just being practice um the the atmosphere was really exciting for for the sprint and it was the like the buzz around the weekend and then yeah i watched monza from home and i was just like oh this is like but for me again it's the format but I do. I did love the hype of like Saturday being something, uh, and obviously having something on the Friday as well. So if they're gonna, if they're still, <laughs> they're still going there for three days. So like, in my opinion, just have more interesting stuff if you're gonna like run the cars. So I guess the yeah. one thing that you know a lot of people were still kind of against was the fact Friday was a thing and Friday was something actually important that you needed to watch as a Formula One fan and that a lot of people maybe couldn't because um, they're, they're at work, uh, which, you know, we're very lucky that we get to watch and be at work at the same time. Um, but I know a lot of people uh, were, were disappointed that they couldn't watch qualifying live, which, you know, you want to watch Formula One live. You don't want to watch it pre-recorded uh, you know, recorded because that's, you know, you don't have that that feeling of live sport. Um, I did think about that and change it to six. But I guess (laughs) that's the thing. Like they changed it and they they had it at 6 p.m., didn't they? Uh, Qualifying to try and help that. But also not everyone works nine to five. But then not everyone's from the UK. Yeah, exactly. So uh, (laughs) it is difficult. Just be Uh, be like in Australia. Yeah, Yeah, where they're just uh, every uh, (laughs) everything is a a horrible antisocial hour. If I lived in Australia, I would not be a Formula One fan. Just massive respect. Massive respect to everyone. I I just never would have got into Formula One because I love my sleep too much. (laughs) Right. Finally, uh, away from sprint races, uh, we need to talk about Spa 2021. Now, of course, you know, we had that farce of a race due to the extreme weather conditions, which meant that Spa went ahead as a a race and points were awarded. Um, but we didn't actually get to see any racing action. We saw two laps behind the safety car. Now, so essentially they've changed the, the ruling now that they have to have two actual racing laps, not behind the virtual safety car or safety car before it can be deemed as a race. So I think that's fair. I think that's much better for fans because if we do get that crazy scenario again, at least they have more of a leg to stand on within the rulings and, and things like that. So, uh, yeah, at least we're, we're not going to have a safety car thing and then they go, oh, that was a race, guys. Hope you enjoyed. See you next week. 
Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure F1 Twitter will be just as thrilled having two real racing laps and calling it a result. It's still a bit it's difficult because Spa, like you say, it's just it was such a one-off. Like we've never had that before in Formula One where it's just so wet that you can literally not even race. There was no way they could have done that race. Um, and uh, yeah, so was it handled the best? No, but uh, you know, it's always, it's always easy to say from here that like what, what, what we'd have done. Um, but yeah, super having, wets. They do. Having, need super duper wets. having two racing laps, like, you know, if we'd had two racing laps at Spa, would would it have been any less farcical? I don't think, like, a little bit, but people would still be like, you know, why is, why is uh, Max getting two and a, uh, 12 and a half points for a win when they've done two laps? So. It's changed now, though, isn't it, the points? That's not going to be the case anymore. I don't actually have the list of it, but there's, like, differing percentages now isn't there and I, I don't think it's uh, immediately half points anymore oh is it not just half and no oh. um from what i remember that they have released something uh you guys chat and i'll find it go uh, on katie what's well, your thoughts on spa <laughs> so yeah. spa that was kind of where my fia rants that i had last year this is what we need while Matt's finding. This is what we need while Matt's finding. Oh, no, I was waiting for like a 15 minute No, get, get your rant in. Okay, you, you, you do your rant and then I'll... <laughs> yeah. So I think that the farcical nature of what happened at Spa is equally as disappointing from the FIA as what happened in Abu Dhabi. But I don't know if it's because Abu Dhabi, obviously it was a lot more, a lot more was on the line. There was a championship to be decided through um, what the FIA did and how they uh, manipulated the rules um, with that. But with Spa, it was just handled so poorly. And not only did it let down the millions of people obviously watching it around the world you obviously had those poor fans that were in the grandstand getting absolutely drenched having no idea what's going on and even then like there is a series of things that were changed in the rule book just to make things more suitable like Sergio Perez being allowed to start the race should that have happened probably not but it did as well as you know delaying how long it was going to the process was going to be until we knew we were going to get racing and I'm glad that they've looked into this and making sure we'll never get a race that you know will follow behind the safety car and then claim it to be a race um I'm glad that they've amended that and changed that and the point system and everything like that we won't have the awkward little 0.5 points and stuff which really drove me crazy last year I know that really that's like the bottom of the things to be annoyed about but <laughs> it just didn't look very nice um but yeah, that was another case of Michael Massey and the stewards and stuff like that manipulating the rule book once again. But because maybe it was part of a triple header or more people had other things to be annoyed about or maybe everybody was so happy to see George Russell on the podium or things like that, it wasn't really talked about. I feel like it was everyone was like, that was a shame. You know, you can't help rain. But hey, we're going to Zandvoort next. That's really cool. That's really exciting. Um when actually Spa for me was still one of the absolute low points of the season last year. Um, maybe just a slightly bit less than Abu Dhabi, but yeah, there's my rant. There you go. There's the Katie rant. I've been I saying would... that all winter break. 
I, I would probably say that nothing comes close to what happened in Abu Dhabi, in my opinion. Um, so you know, there was a lot of things that were uncontrollable for, with Spa. It wasn't done properly, definitely. But I think Abu Dhabi was, was an absolute disgrace. Anyway, um, back to the points. Um, so if the lead has completed more than two laps, but less than 25% of the scheduled race distance, the top five finishers will be awarded points. So it goes six, four, three, two, one. Um, okay. between two laps and 25%. Then we get to the next threshold between 25% and 50%. It's the top nine and it's 13, 10, 8, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And then between 50 and 75% of the race distance, it is the top 10 and it's 19, 14, 12, 9, 8, 6, 5, 3, 2, 1. It's very okay. odd. Um, and then, of course, after 75%, it's four points. Uh, but remember that all of these changes are subject to approval by the World Motorsport Council. This is just what's been suggested. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's better. So there you go. So we're not going to get get half points for two racing laps, which is which Fair. is good. It's just it's similar to a sprint race, really. Now, but just a bit less. Uh, <laughs> a so, very, very, very quick sprint race. <laughs> yeah, 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 a two lap sprint race. Go. Uh, but you know, it's it was a very odd situation where we couldn't get any racing in over a huge amount of time, and you know, it's not something we we tend to see. Uh, you know, very often or at all. So watch it happen three times next year now. So there you go. Sorry, guys. Uh, right, Katie, final thoughts? Um, we have a car launch later. So I'm excited for that. I'm really enjoying watching Later or launches. earlier? Uh, it's already happened by oh. the time this podcast goes out, but... Yes. There is a wow, the Williams launch. looks... Wow. Insert generic Ray. comment here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, last yeah, year. I'm really loving car launch season. It's been good. I mean, anything will look better for you than last year's Tommy. <laughs> it's the worst liver you've ever seen. Yeah. And your final thoughts, Tommy? Give, give sprint races a chance. <laughs> what was that? Give sprint. <laughs> it sounded like an F1 slogan. Give yeah. sprint a chance. Um, yeah, I think when they become... I, I'm not against them trying it. I do wish they'd change the format, but I'm, I'm more excited about them this year to see uh you know with the new cars hopefully they're better and more racing with those absolutely stunning cars and hopefully they're good racing uh is a win for me lovely and my final thoughts is goodbye good <laughs> goodbye yeah. uh, looking forward now i'm looking forward to seeing what uh what sprints offer i'm glad they're only doing three i think the point system is a massive step forward hopefully more to play for and bring it on there you go. Right. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Katie. Thank you to everybody watching. Hashtag WTF1 podcast. If you want to get involved in the conversation, leave a like or a good feedback. No, an amazing feedback. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening, five stars, 10 plums, whatever, you get, whatever you're giving for wherever you're listening. I don't know where you'd give plums, but there you go. Thank you, everybody, for, for watching and listening. And we'll see you very soon for another podcast. Bye. 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 Bye.